Welcome back, every single one of you. We are so glad that you're here today. Yeah, this is day 21, Chip and Eric reading through the Bible, season two. <laughs> That's right, year two. Season two, and Eric, we do have an issue with the weekends. Yeah, we really do. Yeah. We want to talk yeah. about the week ends. Oh, you're saying week like W-E-A-K? That's correct. Like the opposite of strong? That's correct. Yes, I agree. We need to talk about the weekend. In fact, Chip, we need to end the weekend. We need to end it. So here's what happens. We'll have 80, 85, 90 listens, and then Saturday we'll go, and Sunday we'll go, and we'll have 10, <laughs> 6. Ooh. Last weekend was a long weekend for, yeah. for Milk Day, sure. and it was 1, <laughs> 2. <laughs> so guys, here's the deal. Um, this podcast is very useful to get you through the Bible in a year. Yeah. But that is really not the sole purpose mm. of it. And I know we say binge the Bible, but what we don't mean is slack off, binge, slack off, binge. What we mean when we say binge the Bible is consume and consume and consume it. That's what we mean. Um, slack we, off and binge is a dysfunction. That's right. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. We want you guys. So uh, someone said, I was watching an interview or something, and they said, well, do you read your Bible every day? And the person said, well, I try. And the guy said, do you try to eat every day? <laughs> you know, so like yeah, that's a good point. the idea is you need this every day. And we're trying to help you build discipline in your lives. And it is really difficult to build discipline. It really is. It's hard to put this as a priority, but that's what makes it worthwhile. Yeah. And it compounds. It really grows and impacts over time if you do it every day. So we want to end yep. the weekend. We do. And starting a new are, campaign. Is that yes. a t-shirt too and a mug and all that stuff? Seems Stickers. like it would be. Yeah. Wow. Tattoos. Billboards. We never followed through on the tattoo thing last year. So oh, we yeah. got to do that too. Um, yeah. So we are actually going to let you guys get your feet underneath you as far as finding a weekend routine. Mm-hmm. And then we are going to do a 30-day yep. challenge. 30-day challenge. Every day. Up. And that will include accountability on our social media page. Where you can say, hey, I read today, and keep each other accountable, and then you'll be entered to win a prize can't at wait. the end. I can't remember if it's a t-shirt or a mug or an all-expenses-paid vacation. It's one of those or three. Or dinner with Chip and Eric. Or do- <laughs> That's doable. That's doable, That's Allison. the worst prize ever. Allison, you can make that happen. <laughs> Yeah, Allison Good said she would pay for whatever the prize was. So if it is that all-expenses-paid trip, Thank that's you. cool. All right, we got to go. Yeah, but end the weekend, guys. And we're on the weekend right now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're coming oh, back Monday, if you're coming back... No, no, no. If you're coming back Monday okay. and you're like, oh, that's totally me, just stop. Stop doing that. Get into the Word of God every single day. That's the way it transforms you every day. Okay. Okay. Let's get to it. All right. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elim. Oh, wait, I got to tell them. We're in Exodus 13, verse 17, and we're going to read to chapter 15. Then the whole, right? No, right? no, no. Nope. Oh, yesterday. that was yesterday. What a dummy. Oh, God, that was so mean. We're 16 through 18. Yes. Yeah, what a dummy. Okay, 16 through 18. We need to get started. Yeah. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elim and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin between Elim and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. 
There we sat around with pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted, but now you've brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they follow my instructions. On the sixth day... They will gather food, and they will, and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, By evening you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, The Lord will give you meat in the ev- to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord and not against us. Then Moses said to Aaron, Announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, In the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp, and the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, It is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, don't keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen, and they kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Hmm. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and they disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is a Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, how long? Oh, these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions. Hmm. They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day. So there'll be enough food for two days. On the, sa- on the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. The Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coriander seed and it tasted like honey wafers. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Fill a two-quart container with manna to preserve it for your descendants. Then later, gener- then later generations will be able to see the food I gave you in the wilderness when I set you free from Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, Get a jar and fill it with two quarts of manna. 
that put it in a sacred place before the Lord to preserve it for all future generations. Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He eventually placed it in the Ark of the Covenant in front of the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. So the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they arrived at the land where they would settle. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. The container used to measure the manna was an omer, which is one-tenth of an ephah. It held between... It held, it held about two quarts. At the Lord's command, the whole community of Israel left the wilderness of sin and moved from place to place. Eventually, they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So once more, they complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me and why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Why are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They're ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Walk out in front of the people. Take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses stood, struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named the place Massah, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing, because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, Is the Lord here with us or not? While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I'll stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired that he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, Write this down. On a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. Joshua, I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. He said they have raised their fist against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, heard about everything God had done for Moses and his people, the Israelites. He heard especially about how the Lord had rescued them from Egypt. Earlier, Moses sent his wife, Zipporah, and his two sons back to Jethro, who had taken them in. Moses' first son was named Gershom, for Moses had said when the boy was born, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. His second son was named Eliezer, for Moses had said, The God of my ancestors was my helper. He rescued me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, now came to visit Moses in the wilderness. He brought Moses' wife and two sons with him, and they arrived while Moses and the people were camped near the mountain of God. Jethro had sent a message to Moses saying, I, Jethro, your father-in-law, am coming to see you with your wife and your two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He bowed low and kissed him. They asked about each other's welfare and then went into Moses' tent. Moses told his father-in-law everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and Egypt on behalf of Israel. He also told... He also told about all the hardships they had experienced along the way and how the Lord had rescued the people from all their troubles. Jethro was delighted when he heard about the good things the Lord had done for Israel as he rescued them from the hand of the Egyptians. 
Praise the Lord, Jethro said, for he has rescued you from the Egyptians and from Pharaoh. Yes, he has rescued Israel from the powerful hand of Egypt. I know now that the Lord is greater than all other gods because he rescued his people from the oppression of the proud Egyptians. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. Aaron and all the elders of Israel came out and joined him in a sacrificial meal in God's presence. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear people's disputes against each other. They waited for him all morning until evening. When Moses, father-in-law, saw all Moses was doing for the people, he asked, What are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, Because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups over 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes. Have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you'll be able to endure the pressures of all the people will go home in peace. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. These men were always available to solve the people's common disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. Soon after this, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law who returned to his own land. Hmm. That's a reading. That was good. All right. Okay. Okay. Here's two questions for you. What is this telling us about God? What is this telling us about us? And how should we live? That's a third question. Yeah, again, there's many, many things that tells us about God. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one that stands out the most here that we should definitely talk about is that God provides. Mm. God provides in his time, his way for his people. God provides. And I think we get ourselves in trouble when when we um, do what we want when we want it. And we also get ourselves in trouble when we go after what we want instead of what we need or what God feels that we need. And instead of trusting God to provide. And that's something I learned, you know, growing up in a, in a family. We saw God provide, you know, uh, just powerfully, you know, it didn't. Didn't have a lot of resources growing up as a kid. You know, father was a pastor. We had some hardship there um, after my accident. Mm. Um, and we just, I remember one day, you know, we, um, one particular day, we couldn't pay the phone bill. And uh, and their uh, lady found out about it. Uh, her name is Peggy. I still remember her name. Uh-huh. And uh, she and she paid our bill, our yeah. phone bill. And that was a big deal for me yeah. as a kid, a young yeah. kid. And then another time, I remember all these people pulled into our driveway. All these people, all these cars pulled into our driveway, and they just started unloading boxes of food. Mm. And our garage was like packed. And we just saw God provide at a young age. And I took that into you know my college years, how God provided my education, 
And I had to pay for all of it. And actually, God paid for it, you yeah. know, through people and blessings and whatever he did. It, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then we carry that on to our kids. And we just talk about all these blessings that God does. And so I think it's we got to be very careful with wanting things in our own time and our own way and listening to the voices of the people. I can get us in a lot of trouble. And even listening to our own voices and, and, and do what we want when we want it. And we get ourselves into debt. You know, we, we, we get some things that we shouldn't have. And it's, uh, you know, just really trusting God to provide in his time and in his way. And, and there's a lot of blessings in that. There really is. And I encourage people all the time, if you have a specific need, like be very specific with God about that need, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I pray this to God all the time. I know you can do it. I don't know if you will do it, but I pray that you would do it. Mm. And, uh, and sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Right. And it's some fun, fun stories to tell either way because it's just trusting God. He does provide. Yes. And that's the, the takeaway. for Yeah. For so God today. provides. And I would say about us that this shows that we have genuine and diverse needs. So let me explain that. So they had material needs. Right? They needed food yep. and they needed water. So we have material needs that we need. Mm-hmm. We also have immaterial needs that we need. Moses needed that wisdom from Jethro, whether he knew it or not. Right? The Israelites needed the wisdom from Moses, this word from God, whether they knew it or not. They needed it. Yeah. Right? And so we have these diverse needs as human beings. We have the need for. Uh, you know, you talk about Maslow's hierarchy. We've got our physical mm-hmm. needs, right? And we've got mm-hmm. needs for esteem and all those things. The best definition I've ever heard of sin is attempting to fulfill our genuine needs outside of the will of God. Yep. And so we get ourselves into trouble. Yeah. And that is going to be a game changer in Moses' life. Yeah. His big mistake that keeps him from entering the promised land mm-hmm. is that he goes to meet a need outside of God's will. Right. And so you're listening today and I mean, and and I'm speaking today and I have needs. Right. And I can very easily sin to fulfill my needs. Right. If I'm hungry, I can go steal some food. You know, like you can do that if you want to. Right. So don't recommend it. That's a stupid idea. But, (laughs) you know, that's why I tried to pick something kind of absurd that most of our listeners probably aren't going to run into. But, you know, we have needs for connection and and in intimacy and relationship. And you can fulfill that need in a really toxic way. We have needs for emotional escape. You can fulfill that need in a really terrible way. Right. Like talking about extramarital sex or, or talking about, you know, addiction or substance abuse. These are things that people do to meet needs and they may not be able to vocalize their need. You know, when you're sleeping around, it's not like you're going around and saying like, well, I just feel lonely. Maybe you realize that maybe you don't, Mm -hmm. but you're trying to fulfill a genuine need outside of the will of God. Mm -hmm. So human beings, we have real and diverse needs. Mm -hmm. God is a provider. So what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. I think the answer is pretty obvious. Yeah. Right. We take exactly what you said. We take those needs to God. Yeah. We take those needs to God and we stop trying to fix things on our own. Mm-hmm. He has a plan. He says, I'm going to give you twice as much as you need on the sixth day so that you don't gather on the seventh day. Exactly. So yeah. there is a plan. Yeah. I'm going to give you exactly what you need every day. So don't take more than you need. Mm-hmm. There is a plan, right? So we know that God has a plan. We know that he has that wisdom. Yeah, I like what you said earlier too. I think being specific about not just like, you know, material physical needs, but, you know, um, relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I would pray, you know, some of you are, are, are single or, you know, you, you long for relationships, you know, or, or just even basic friendships or whatever. Um, 
and, and so I would pray. Pray that God gives you the right relationships mm-hmm. that will that will encourage you and bless you, and that you can also add value as well. Because you know when you um, get together, iron sharpens iron, and that's yeah. a healthy thing. Yeah. So pray for your relationships. Pray for pray for your education. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, pray for your 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 leadership or your business, and and give them specific things and ask Him to provide. And and sometimes we try to do uh, cut corners like shortcuts. Mm-hmm. And we just got to stay away from that and just give these specific things to God instead of trying to do things our way because we'll get in trouble. Yeah. And one way or another, there's consequences. There. Absolutely. So Good word, Chip. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We are praying for you, and mm-hmm. we encourage you to pray for yourself and your needs as well. Yeah. Pray for each other. Stay in touch with each other. Uh, encourage each other to stay on track. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Yep. Bye.